International. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the Leading the Blind podcast with Jared McCorkle and Ariel Norman. Uh, my name goes first. Uh, this episode is with M.K. Paulson, uh, and he is one of our favorites. He's a local Austin comic. He just moved out to L.A., kind of, right? Yeah, well, we're going to discuss that because uh, there's, a, there's a new popular um, idea for, for Austin comics right now. Hot, huh. off the presses, and... Uh, more and more people, even since I've had this conversation, we've been having conversations about uh, the great possibilities for, for Austin comics who kind of move. Yeah, like so transient what, comics. Yeah, well, uh, homeless Austin, home, comics. home base. All right, homeless. Yeah, well, you know what? There's a lot to be said for homelessness. And, uh, and MK is going to defend it uh, in this episode. Yeah, enjoy. We're not so recording. <laughs> Let's hope. Right. We'll cut all of that. Okay. Okay. Cut all yeah. of that. Cut all of that. <laughs> we will start acting as if we are recording now, though. We yes. Can, podcast. Yeah, yeah. Start podcast. Start with our new theme song. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, okay. Well, we're here with uh, a good friend of mine, uh, is Mick Paulson, I think. How it goes? <laughs> Mick, Mick Paulson. M.K. Paulson. <laughs> who, I, I remember it didn't occur to me that you're like you had a name. Uh, <laughs> it's, in, it's, for, it's until Marth, like it's eight Martha. months. Kelly Paulson. Martha, Martha Kelly, Kelly Paulson. Kelly Paulson. Yeah, I didn't want to step on Martha Kelly's toes. <laughs> Here's, I didn't really realize sweet. that MK was actually like a common like Irish Catholic girl name. It's like MK is short for Mary Kate. Ah, uh, well, then, how fitting. I know. Yeah, that's actually perfect. <laughs> that's actually my real name. So when I hear your name in my head, I hear you doing your dad saying your name. MK. MK. Well, it's funny about that is my dad actually calls me Mark, and my family calls me Mark. So that is. Oh, a big lie of a, it's not a lie but it's just it's I just do fine. that with his infliction right yeah infliction MK is such the a only good. other I mean we could make a whole podcast just about me and my name nope. but <laughs> <laughs> the only other thing I will mention is when I was, I'm in it like in LA I got introduced uh, I think it's so funny I got introduced as Mick Paulson yeah. from Beantown <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> so they, they so just completely ad whatever your name is I told them Austin, they heard Boston, and then they like took that to the next <laughs> level and made <laughs> Bean Town. So. Oh my God. You know Nick that obscure Paulson. nickname of that town you've never been to? Yeah. This guy's from there. People, Give it up. People call Paulson. it Bean Town a surprising amount, actually. Yeah. yeah. No, Sadly. but I mean, no, I believe that, but. Sadly. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Well, okay. Well, so <laughs> we only have so much time. You get on the ball. Um, yeah. So what we wanted to do with this episode is going to be a little bit different. Instead of just doing um, a broader kind of comedy advice, we want to talk to you about your recent move to LA. Mm-hmm. And but let's start with a little bit of information. How long have you been doing comedy? Uh, this May, I guess it'll be. Is it six years? I think it's six years. This May. We're not counting. Started. So yeah. you, cool. Yeah. I hope so. I just worry fact checkers. You know? yeah. Oh yeah, the fact out there. <laughs> there that are worried yeah. um yeah so six years this may and then you kind of snuck away to la i guess <laughs> yeah, knowing you I would didn't. be back and forth a little bit yeah, but. yeah yeah i just yeah i have like friends here and family here so i kind of wanted to do the like i'll be in la and then just come back here regularly instead yeah. of being here and then 
like f- struggling to figure it out out there. That so like I have an apartment there sense. and I can just come back here whenever I want kind of. Good point. Good. Cool. So when did you kind of officially sort of move? Middle of and, November. Middle of November. And how many times had you gone to LA before? I'd only, well, I mean like in a comedy capacity, only one time. And I spent 10 days there like last summer. So summer of 2016 and was really just, I, I was surprised. I kind of went, I don't know, maybe I did have high expectations, but it ended up really like loving it mm-hmm. and really enjoying it. And I mean, it's kind of the weather was perfect and like, yeah. you know, but then when you're there for like 10 days on vacation, it's a very different experience. Oh, yeah. I went like to living out there. So went to Seattle now my life's like... a living hell. <laughs> <laughs> right. We'll get to that. But yeah. I went to Seattle in the summertime for yeah. a week and then oh, yeah. was there later. Yeah. We ran into like, each other in Seattle area. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. <laughs> it's like on the show. It's like, Jesus Christ. I can't get away from my life you can't doing actually, shows with Ariel. You can't get away from Austin people. If you're traveling yeah. for very long anywhere, yeah. you, you are very likely to run into people, which is, which it's is like pretty magic great. magic or... Lovely. I ran into... Who did I run into? The first person that I ran into um, on that tour that I went out... The mayor on. of Austin? No, Carla Duplantis. Uh, I, ran into her, right? I ran into her in like Nashville. <laughs> Nashville, Tennessee. It would make sense that she's in Nashville. I yeah. feel like yeah. she'd do well there. That's true. Anyway, okay. So uh, I want to get the basics. So how did you decide uh, to move to LA? And was there any LA, New York debate? Or oh, yeah, I question. did definitely like do the LA, New York debate. And so to caveat all this, I actually started comedy in Washington, D.C. I'm from Texas, but right. then lived in D.C. for six years. And then I was like almost six years ago. Uh, no, I was there for, I actually went to undergrad in, in Dallas and then, uh, then went to, uh, so then I worked in like Congress and politics and stuff, oh. uh, in DC and then kind of like left that world and went into like consulting and I don't know. I was just like, I felt, I don't know why I started doing stand up. Well, I have this whole origin story that's like my friend passed away and I was like, I want to do stand up. And I took a class at the DC improv, like a winner. Excellent. Was it like a life's too short kind of thing? I should like, I think it was more that like he, he passed away and I kind of had this like, breakdown and lost a lot of my friends okay. <laughs> and like was really in like a lonely place sure. and then started doing this and I just really fell in love with the diversity in comedy I think yeah. that's you one felt thing. really lonely and you're like how can I feel lonely exactly like, open that's my like comedy true, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard anyone say that I I did start doing stand-up to make friends I've heard people say like I wanted to be able to hang out with those people that I think never, it's like, more that that's I don't think it was like I'm because I was really like I mean I was just so drawn to like oh like African American guys and Jewish girls like it's just mm-hmm. so many different voices and perspectives so just those two yeah just <laughs> those two just those are the, for those the, are the classics <laughs> <laughs> of yeah. any variety um, no but so I was just re- that was really great and uh, yeah and I also also I don't know if you feel this way or you feel this way I don't know that I in my 20s and my early 20s I really wanted to like fit in in the mm-hmm. gay scene and I wanted to be like yeah. DC power gay yeah. and just tried so hard and like those guys never really accepted me yeah, yeah. and to and a little bit Same. they did but I yeah and I just was never 
try I think that you're talking about like trying to find your people which I definitely spent like so much of my 20s doing and it really isn't until you find comedy for those of us who are you, yeah. you know yeah. it's like yeah when, and you're like oh yeah these are my people yeah. I thought maybe some smart lesbians in Cambridge <laughs> exactly. whatever. turns out I hate those people <laughs> <laughs> turns so, out they also, do not they, like my cynicism like yeah. about <laughs> everything it's, it's also kind of like going back to like little league because you didn't get to play baseball yeah. but you're like 19 yeah <laughs> that's how I felt like I was like no nah, it's too late this yeah. is you gotta start oh, you young came, with well, this when did you come out like came out early but then this I went to the good army podcast Hell today, yeah. by the way yeah exactly uh, how did, yeah that's so comedy gay advice how did so no I was like 16 or 17 when I came out mm-hmm. to my friends and everything like that but I went into the army so then right, I right. like had to yeah. ba- ostensibly go back into the closet this right. was before it was, it was during don't ask don't tell right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Also, you just like I don't know. I was I probably wasn't ready because even now you probably have to have some big balls to be gay, and all, especially doing what I wanted to do. Right, right, right. metaphorical. Yeah, I wonder if people don't really come out. Well, anyway, so yeah, uh, yeah didn't really feel like I was a big, big, big gay fit, big gay power, gay fish. Yeah, and I don't know. I think that's why I also was drawn to comedy because it was a little to me. It I, it did feel a little subversive that yeah. I was like kind of separating myself from my community to to pursue something that was like and like the DC gay bubble like especially the affluent white DC gay bubble is yeah. very insular and like yeah. it's oh, very I don't doubt it at all yeah so it's anyway. the same thing and in Austin really there's like a community. I don't know because I don't go yeah, there's, I wouldn't a, know there's anything a community, about the community of like here. I don't know four or five dozen yeah. gay dudes who I'm all sure. know each other all go to the same parties and stuff have been unlucky enough to go to that a couple times and I felt so out of place and weird yeah because you're like if you're not the type that they can yeah. take as their sugar cub or whatever it's called <laughs> <laughs> you are a sugar cub aren't you Jay? don't you know what that's sugar cub. I don't know what it sugar means cub, cub. It's like a, a sugar daddy's <laughs> sugar son oh I'm I'm ready to do that in a second <laughs> Just, oh, I just fulfill the image of me like working on a car. I'm shirtless, but I don't know how to work on a car. Yeah, so I'm just, just ruining their car. Like you only are allowed to wear like a full Care Bear outfit exactly. just around the house yeah. for no reason. Yeah, but I'm, uh, I'm smoking and drinking whiskey. <laughs> just the martini. We will be yeah. staying. If we you're willing stand. to do that, you can probably make uh, some money. Yeah. Um, okay, so how long did you do comedy in D.C. before you moved to Austin? So like, I did comedy, I guess, what, two? and a half years or so and then uh, so then came to Austin was doing comedy like three years I don't know those are rough numbers and you came here for graduate school though right I was getting a master's in public policy which is you know I'd been in DC and so I thought I was going to kind of have a like policy type like advocacy type career Fool. did not not happen um, the other thing didn't happen comedy happened Although I still do think the dots are going to connect. Yeah, like sure, 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 sure. Steve Jobs always said that, right? Like you he took sure. a penmanship class and it ended up that's true, resulting in like his love for font and computer right. font and stuff. Is like that, that to say you think one day your comedy might take on more like more political, more political? political stuff. I'd love to write for a you political could run for show, office, sure. like, even if it's, I mean, I think that would I I think especially in the world we live in today. I mean, like like comedians more and more are being looked to like yeah. 
a social like voices or voices of like, and I don't know that that's good or bad. And I've heard but people kind depends of argue, on the comedian, but yeah, but the I post mean, John I, Stewart world. Yeah. And I mean, there's been people that have done the whole, you know, like run for office yeah. as an ironic thing to make a point about our system. Yeah. So well, I don't know. Like I do think like the dog, we're just comedians running for office. Like right. Al Franken. Yeah. What and if I announced right now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm running for state rep. This <laughs> would be the place to do it. <laughs> state <laughs> Kathleen Hepburn. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to take down that guy. Goddamn state treasurer. Um, all right. So, uh, so wait, how did you ultimately decide you wanted to move to LA? Oh, yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. we actually covered that. Yeah, what um, was the decide? Um, well, I guess I, I really, I guess what it is is that I really felt like I wanted this to be a career. And right. I also am 32 and feel the need to, if, if I can't do like straight up perform, like if I can't be a straight up performer, like I want to be in entertainment and around the mm-hmm. industry. And just, I felt like the way to make money. And I mean, maybe that's stupid. I don't know. Like I have to caveat all of this. Like, no. I don't know that I've made the right that's decisions just, and I'm, we, editing, there's a blanket caveat for yeah. this whole podcast yeah. that no one knows what we're talking in, about. In editing, we need to put like some sound effect for the moment when oh, the yeah. performer does for the drinking game at home. Yeah. yeah for the drinking game at home. Everyone that's you done it do has like done a bloopers. Clip. Yeah. Just everybody like, I don't just really a real, Oh, that could be, like our introduction at some point when we have You're enough right. we'll just yeah. cut together everyone being like here's the thing I yeah. don't know much about I failed I failed I'm an idiot. what I do yeah. I don't yeah. Yeah. yeah but I think so as comics we come. also understand right that it's like failing is good and yeah. so it's In like taking sense, chances yeah. is always important exactly. so it's yeah, kind absolutely. of more like podcast about people right. taking chances anyway maybe um yeah, mm-hmm. so I I don't know. I guess I just felt like maybe I could have more of a rounded career out in LA than I could here. I do think maybe I went I've gone a little early. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know that I have some of the credits. Like I know some comics that are kind of doing, and I, I guess I shouldn't name names, but that are kind of doing the more like they're going out there like every couple months mm-hmm. because yeah. they're like being summoned for shows, for and sure. like, that wasn't happening for me. Mm-hmm. So. But but I think that's really a good way to do it because you can still kind of have the Austin lifestyle and the writing is just like you can write really good comedy here. Like you yeah. can do yeah. so many mics in a night, and like right. uh, do like two shows in a mic. You know, I, that's what I did last that's night. True. It was so great because right. yeah. you can like work on a joke throughout the night. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that's even, it's like kind of, I mean, Martha Kelly's in a different position in her career, but she's still had that kind of thing going on. And it's like, right. yeah, it's easy to come back here if you have places to stay, which of yeah. course you do. And so then if you spend as much time as you want here developing material, then you can go out there and, you yeah. Know. And about, I've actually found a really good, like, I'm paying the same amount of rent in LA that I was in Austin, yeah. which is not easy to do. And I'm very lucky oh, that I, I have an apartment that I can do that. So it's like, why wouldn't I just be out there and come back here regularly instead yeah. of the other I, I'm way. hearing more and more the, that comparison though yeah like, I mean Austin's, Austin's getting more expensive Austin's really more expensive, expensive. Yeah. and there are cheap pockets in LA so. yeah. yeah if you're trying to live in the city in Austin I mean if you live if you're willing to kind of drive a little yeah. bit to commute, but, well and yeah. to be fair I'm living in Cedar Park yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. And I'm probably spending a lot more in gas actually in Austin than I right. am in LA. Right. Um, so are you working out there? I'm just, I mean, I'm doing the mics. I'm doing like. I meant a job. Social, like a money I'm job. I'm doing like social media consulting. Okay. Yeah, and I'm doing, uh, I'm doing that for Moon Tower. Kind of like uh, helping them with the, their social media and that pays a little bit. And then I freelance and Postmate and just do whatever yeah. I can to kind of get by. Um, 
I'm not. I'm not like I'm saving money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but that's and the I'm thing. not livering, liver, livering, living. He, he livers. But that's the thing. Lifestyle. I mean, especially with Postmates and all the different, all the different apps and everything that you can do. I mean, you can go back and forth between or whether it's touring or whether yeah. it's living between cities. There's I mean, so many ways for a comedian not to, to die. Yeah, <laughs> not to die. Well, <laughs> that's a big, yeah. that's a big factor. Uh, cool. So how has it? You've been out there since November. Mm-hmm. And is this the first time you've come back for the holidays? You've come yeah, back for a couple yeah. weeks. I mean, I was really only gone five weeks before. Now I came that I back. think about that math, yeah, so five weeks. So it wasn't very long, but it was. I mean, I'd been out there before for ten days, and like, I it's a good that I've like kind of got a feel for it. But a lot of I think the LA comics will say that you really got to get out of LA regularly. Yeah, like for what? Just because you kind of, it's like. I think one, it's really hard to like write new material and there's just so much entertainment and people consuming entertainment that even at the shows and the mics, like your act maybe isn't getting a good read. And it's so funny, like even the bigger name comics that we would consider just, you know, big deals if they came to Austin, like, I mean, still can struggle getting audiences out yeah. in LA, yeah. you know? So oh, that makes a lot of and sense. And so it's like, you know, you can do an LA show, but then like <clears throat> even coming back to Austin this time, I'm like, Oh, people kind of like, you know, I can get on good shows and like, yeah. do good, like all the like New York comics like, talk about that. The, like, yeah. the getting on the shows here, like the, the, just the yeah. amount of, audience they get is way more than New York or LA. And I mean, y'all know this, but there's something so different about doing comedy for like a crowd that's rooting for you yeah. as opposed to a crowd that's either ambiguous or even at times rooting against you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think some of the, 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 the open mics at the comedy clubs were like, it does feel like a competition. And oh, yeah. you know, people no, don't necessarily want you to succeed. Totally. So it's the like audience a, I think wants you to succeed. Well, he's talking but, about uh, at those open mics where like it's just other comics yeah. mm-hmm. and they are, the, you and know, not even like the like local like neighborhood ones, but like if you go to the like, I don't know if you go to the store sometimes like it feels like that open mic can be like I don't know that they're rooting for people <laughs> yeah. to do well, you know? Yeah, I don't know, but I guess it makes you a stronger comic. Like yeah. it's you know, what you made you this. think uh, not New York? Uh, I guess I just thought I thought there were more opportunities to make money in LA. We'll see if that ends sure. up being true or not. But I think it's easier to be kind of poor in LA than it is in New York. Mm-hmm. The only thing is the car. Like I hate driving. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but New York just seems like such a. It seems like a really great place to like like get the chops and like learn. And yeah. I I regret that I haven't done time in. New York, like a year or two in New York, just mm. to like fill that hustle. But I also, I don't know. I'm thirty, like two. I don't want to be poor in New York. <laughs> like I want to. If I live in New York, I want to make like a hundred thousand dollars a year at this point in my it, life. It, it is difficult. You know, Jared, who is thirty three, is moving to New yeah. York next year. I well, that's. A, I mean, and I'm, I'm not like good at it. I'm, I'm not poo poo at it. I don't. No, I think for I, sure. It's like a preference. Like I'm just. Yeah. That's the thing. Is that like I'm kind of glad that I haven't had any kind of material success because I think it would be hard. To, to yeah. go do that. It's hard to go down in, yeah. in life standards. I have I have uh, some friends in the suburbs of Georgia who, have you ever seen that movie Revolutionary Road? It was yes. the, like Leonardo I read DiCaprio the book actually. Like, I have not. Does it, you feel how that's like a turd falling onto the ground when you say that? <laughs> I read the, anyway. Well, so, just coming from you, I wouldn't have, would have thought you wouldn't have just called it a movie. But maybe it. you're trying to be anti-pretentious. Uh, no, I just actually <laughs> didn't even know it was a book. But anyway. So, okay. The book is, I. it's so difficult to read. It's the pain. No, it just is just painful. Oh I mean, yeah, I assume good. the movie is. So let me just uh, quickly summarize. No, it's fine. Uh, uh, 
you, you, you wanted <laughs> to ruin it. Book. You want to ruin it? It's fine. Uh, <laughs> I think Ariel's one of the funniest people. Simon in the world. and Schuster <laughs> over here. Uh, so it's a movie about people kind of who have big dreams, and then they kind of get trapped by the suburbs. So they kind of mm. keep making these sacrifices. Mm. And the point, and that was only supposed to be kind of a deep ref or deep cut. Like if you've seen, it, anyway. So here's the thing. My, I have a couple of friends who have made accidental success in these jobs that they hate. Right. And they're at an age now where they're like, I can't really, we, they don't, they can't hate where backwards. they live. Right. They hate the place, but they like, can't really leave. Yeah. And I don't want a, that to happen. Yeah, no. Yeah. It is, it's, yeah, go ahead. No, I don't know. I mean, I was just going to, I've lived in New York for a year. Did one, you do comedy maybe. there? No, well, Technically, when I first moved there, I was going to, and I went to like <laughs> two. I went to like two open mics, uh, and I did one of them, and it was like it's like that that kind of open story. mic. Uh, well, because when I then you should listen to all the other podcasts. This is <laughs> uh, just one of those stories because people ask. So when I was twenty three, I did do like two open mics in Orlando when I lived mm. there and then I was already going to move to New York to quote unquote be a writer and then I did one in Dallas actually just flying home be- between moving and then and, and they went all went great I mean it was uh, there's this awesome open mic in Orlando that I think is still happening it's called Austin's Cafe it's on Sundays mm. and it's like 50 people in the I'm gonna audience I'm going to be in Orlando did you know that I'm doing that Orlando Indie Comedy Festival oh, yeah. like in two weeks so, so if you're great. there on a Sunday Austin yeah, it might maybe. be a venue anyway but it's a uh, they used to have someone come and like also do a little like headlining performance that they would pay a little, but apparently they don't do it anymore. Anyway, yeah, but, but it's a great. New York. <laughs> well, anyway, she's in Orlando. I was okay, in Orlando, okay. and I'm just saying it was a great. <laughs> it was a great. The the Orlando ones were great because there were like 50 people, and so yeah. you do really well. But then in Dallas, it was one of those where there's like nine comics, but it was kind of whatever. And then in New York, the ones that I saw, I mean, it was just one of those. Eight people are at the mic. Four of them are outside smoking at any given time, and the four people who are inside are looking down at their phones and not paying yeah. any attention. You know that, and I was just like, mm, and that's the thing about the LA mic scene is like most of them are, I, all of them really, I think are like that. They're all comics, maybe not looking. Some, I mean, sometimes the comics are really engaged, and, right? Yeah. But then, like it, you, it is you're only performing for comics. Like, there's no chance of an audience yeah. being there at right. all. And that's so. that's why I think comics in Austin shouldn't avoid the ones that we have that are like that here. Yeah, that's true. They're, I mean, they're uh, like, reverse spoiling I themselves. Kind of, if you know the Austin scene, kind of compared a lot of the like L.A. mics to Bone Box. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that's, and it, it, it that creates a weird environment because even at Bone Box, like you can't really do new. You can't do no. not new material, right? You right. can't just go up there and do your old material. Yeah, yeah. Unless you maybe have a new tag, but even then, even comics then, are kind of yeah. like I've heard this joke, you know. Yeah. So you always kind of have to be doing new stuff, and I think it breeds more of a like. I don't know. It's like a, I don't, I don't know how to say it, but like a perspective kind of personality driven comedy that like, Mm -hmm. because and I like the really punchy, punchy, silly wordplay jokey jokes, but like those would never, those don't, I mean, once somebody hears it, that's never going to work again. Well, that's why I think it relies on surprise and things like that. It's so great though, to be in Austin where we have uh, mics like bone box, you know, only comics are watching you mics that you can, you can force yourself to do new material at and be, and, and, or, 
or you could do a, a bit you've done, but it's got to be largely different. Right. You've got to be very present and alive with it. And then we've got, you know, all kinds of different other mics right. and shows where you can punch up the stuff that's older, you know, and right, polish right. things. So I think that's interesting the way you put that, too, because I think a lot of times we have this idea that the way that you come up in comedy is it's like it's very pure and it's just you and the audience and that's it. But a lot of the artistic community here, the comic community, is what kind of carves out what you're really going to be like. Right, right. Because like you said, if all you were doing was bone box, that's going to produce a very different thing than if they were all like kick butt. Right. They were all like Cherrywood or anything like that. You yeah. Know? And you can even like figure out some of the comics that only go to specific shows or mics. Yeah. And they like, or even as an example, like I learned, I think like I did on Moon Tower this year, I did the Velve and I did really well at the Velve, mm-hmm. but it was like a set that I knew that I know that room. Mm-hmm. Like I know how sure. to do well in yeah. that room. And I know, and that's a weird room for a lot of people that, yeah. especially out of towners. And I did really well. And I, I was like, Oh yeah, like I I'm like a Valve con. Like I know how to do. That's, that's I, cool though. I've only just recently started feeling like I know certain. You were so great cool last night. I was laugh- I was cackling. So uh, yeah, last M- night. we were at a MK campfire. Was laughing show. hard. It's a very distinct laugh. It's not like Alan's where it's sort of like uh, so far different right. than everybody else's. It's more of just like a I don't know a timpani in the background yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. But it was it was. I love it. Like, I love a timpani. I'm yeah. like yeah. I I feel like there is something about that like. It, I don't know, but I love having a distinct laugh yeah. in a show, yeah. which it's like you can tell, like the comic can tell, like, oh, this guy is appreciating yeah. what I'm doing. Yeah. Oh, it makes oh, yeah, people yeah. love you. And it may, yeah. and if it only happens every now and then, it, like you are aware of it. I remember, mm-hmm. especially when, you know, in my first year in Austin, people's laugh, like Maggie May yeah. and Abby yeah. Rosenquist yeah. had very per- distinct Alan, laughs. Alan, and Alan, yeah. of course, but he'll laugh. Sometimes the things he's <laughs> laughing at are... He's laughing for him. He's, he's laughing. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, and he'll, he's, it's not like he w- w- holds it back, but like Abby in particular, she might be looking down at her notebook or something, and then every now and then she'll give like one of her little cackles at something yeah. you say. And then because it's kind of sparing, it means all the more to you. And I remember, and Maggie too, like she'll laugh at particular kinds of things. And so, and so I remember thinking like, I've got to develop a laugh because I mean, I'm not it, a good laugher. It is. So this is another, I think, tip for, if we're talking tips, well, but like do. how to be successful. I actually like that. It's not just having a distinct laugh, but being present oh, totally. at your like colleagues at the mm-hmm. other comics sets yeah. goes a long way. Agreed. Because that's part of what I was seeing with, with those comics who are laughing is like, they're not so in their heads about mm-hmm. what they're going to say or what they just said that they can't be present. And it's much cooler to be present and to hear right. and, and for them to be enjoying the show. Yeah. And it's, it's a- as a comic, I also notice something when people do that, which is that, they have the confidence mm-hmm. in their performance when they're going right, to go up. Right, right, right. Yeah, they're that's not, true. They don't have, it's, it's like, not oh, you're, you're writing, <laughs> like, yeah, five minutes before you go on, yeah. you're going to try to write another joke. Right. It's like, yeah, you have to take a few minutes beforehand, be here, watch the right. audience, watch what's going on, yeah. and now go And up. then, yeah. and, you know, I mean, I also love it when, you know, if you are listening to the comics before you, then you can comment on what they said, or sometimes you have a joke that yeah. isn't, is, is, uh, it's going to be weird if you don't change your joke or 
not do that joke depending on what other people have done. And right. I always think it's crazy because so many really good comics will talk about not watching the show and they're like, oh, I can't watch. <laughs> right. I got to oh, come no. in. Yeah, well, even in like the funniest documentary, I finally saw it the other day and they were like, people were talking about in the competition, oh, yeah. like not I being able to watch, watch people. I know, and that is different. That was pressure. That's pressure. pressure. But I also right. just think, yep, yeah, but like, what if someone says something yeah. that yeah, now. That's true. I actually, that's a good point. And I did try to, I, during the competition, I would try to watch it. This, you kind of have to watch the set before you and then the at least one the right set. before you. At so. least Jared one or two sets. I get in my head because I'm like, oh, they're creating an energy and I have to change the energy or they really like mm. this guy or, you know, like, I don't yeah. know. It's J- so Jared easy to Wall's get in advanced room. because he commented, it's very rare. We do it mm-hmm. all at every show and mic, but almost nobody does it at the contest. Jared Walls commented on a comic that bombed. He was yeah. like some gay guy that had a lot of like misogynistic stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jared Walls commented. Was it me? <laughs> <laughs> no, this, this person did, did not go forward. And so he, um, he, he, when he did that, it was like, oh, he's definitely advancing. Yeah. He, he might've advanced anyway because his Stuff right, right. It was like, oh, that was why. Well, that's it's not just judges, but audiences in any context love it yeah, when you absolutely. comment on something in the show. Right. And anytime that they know that you're present, yeah. that you're not just going God, through something. About, it's so much yeah. about presence. It yeah. really like, is. And I, I, I still struggle. I'm like, what is presence? Like, I don't actually know. <laughs> there's stuff. I think there's just sort of tricks that you do to yourself. Like, I'll talk to people early on. Mm-hmm. Like, last mm-hmm. night, I asked that person to hold my hands because I didn't yeah, know yeah, what to do yeah, my hands. It was, it was, I was like, even if this isn't that funny, it's going to make me my performance yeah. so much better because now I'm like hanging right. out with people. That's right. the biggest trick that I think that I found was that just ask someone a question in the audience. Yeah. I, either ask the audience a question that they'll actually respond to, which you know you kind of know the things that they're going to think are rhetorical or that no one's going to respond to, but the kind of things that they will respond to or asking a specific person in the audience something because then you can't help but be present because right. you have no choice. It's, yeah. it's one of those things that people don't develop I think because they're trying to get work at uh, clubs and Mm -hmm. they'll tell you you know if you're opening or you're featuring don't talk to the audience Uh, no I'm just saying I think a lot of it's not like people don't know that but I think a lot of times they don't develop it because they're like it's almost a bad habit in certain circumstances I think there's also but what's what's interesting to me is when you see comics that are clearly like have a very like great presence or are very present or yeah. however you want to explain it that don't for some reason have to do the crowd work or yeah. they don't they're oh, just like totally. so you're absolutely and right. I don't know if like this maybe sounds bad I don't know if that's like a level of acting mm-hmm. or you just figure but I remember like um Mary Burke that she was in the contest one year she was mm-hmm. English and um I watched her at a show and it was a bar show and she just walked on stage and there was just something within like three seconds. Mm -hmm. She, I don't know if it was just her swagger or her demeanor, but it was just, everybody was just immediately on board with her. Some people just have presence like, like in the acting sense and it sort of has a reputation. She's not a huge person. I mean, she's kind of one liner. It's like my stepmom, who's an actress would talk about the fact that it's just you're on or those on stage. That's the person you can't stop looking. It. And it's right. not necessarily anything they're doing. But then I was going to say the other thing, the thing that changed for me in terms of presence, and you can feel the difference no. with how people are generous early on before you said anything, mm-hmm. yeah. is that like when I stopped being really afraid to be up there mm-hmm. and I was excited to go and tell them something. Yeah. yeah. And I think that has a lot to do with it too. Like that there first is, moment is really there's important. There's that, that, that whole, um, 
It's like sometimes new jokes do better than they should because you're, you're excited. so excited and then yeah. you're like so present with the audience. And, right. like and then they never work again. Never work again? <laughs> well, I don't know. I've never been able to figure out that paradox. But. No, it is though because you're it, excited and they can tell when you're present. And that's the thing. <laughs> and if you are present yeah. and you're telling a joke and, and sometimes you're so present that you do come up spontaneously with a new little phrase or right. something and then you try to tell that phrase the next time but now it's it's a known or memorized phrase and it just doesn't feel the same right. and they can tell that yeah. it's not an, emo- an experience that they're having with you yeah you know in this yeah. kind of immediate way so yeah i did um a show last night and the first half went really well or i did a set and the set first half went really well it wasn't the one show we did Jared. Mm. it was a different one um which one was it just uh the radio coffee oh yeah yeah that's a great, that's a great show. show it's a good show the long car was a little light and last night and i feel like they were a little tight but i can't blame the audience light for not doing well although that is my default you know <laughs> strategy at doing comedy um I but I, the audience was better i did the five i opened with like my five stuff which is really silly and people love really it good. and then kind of did more like expositional stuff at the end and just completely lost them and then started yeah. doing old material that I have done so many times that I completely I mean my eyes must have glazed <laughs> over. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I even messed up like I just didn't care so much about it yeah. I like even messed up words and I'm like oh this is it's like yeah. that is I don't know maybe what presence is but I know that yeah. is the opposite of presence right. and like, then sometimes you do well even when you're not and that feels weird too like I had a pretty good set when I did Shit's Golden mm-hmm. but something happened and halfway through I was very autopilot everything worked yeah. it all went autopilot's well autopilot's weird autopilot. and yeah. I hate autopilot it's not I didn't want to be there right. I didn't like it but even when the audience yeah. still laughs that's the thing I started you know maybe a year or something ago I started measuring my and like how well I did, how well I felt about it, based on my presence and not about laughs, because yeah. it's it's the laughs tend to be well correlated with how present you are, but yeah. they're not always. But in a in a set where I was not there and the audience was laughing, I still feel like shit. But if I yeah. was present and the audience was like confused or like yeah. I was get I was getting them and losing them and it was like a boxing match, I much prefer that and I feel like right. I learn more from it. So here's what I think is another like dark aspect of presence is like you know the in this isn't just LA but I think actors in general that sounds like a book title by the way this is a dark just, no what did you say a dark uh, aspect of presence or something yeah like that. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> like, yeah very sexual book anyway <laughs> <laughs> I um I think uh no like so, you know then this isn't just LA but like actors in general uh sometimes don't have great reputations in the stand-up world for not but then also sometimes really really amazing actors know how to act like they're present yeah or maybe they are i can't figure it out but i do think there's something about that like autopilot mode or maybe if your material's actually not that good but you're just so present or you're such a good actor pretending to be present yeah or maybe we're all actors pretending to be present. I don't know. I, don't know. I just found it was unsustainable. Like I, that's how I started. You know, I would write and edit and edit and edit and memorize and memorize and practice. And I did really well. And I don't have the experiences that other people talk about with all the bombing. But that's because I was acting. <laughs> no, but I mean seriously. Like, of course I've bombed, yeah. and now I, your standards change anyway. But like, 
in the beginning, I mean, if if you're a good writer and you memor you know, and you yeah. edit it and memorize it and, and get it and you and you memorize the performance you can do well. It's Ooh. just that that's not sustainable because then yeah. you're like, yeah. well, I, the, the amount of time I spent like in my head or out loud yeah. practicing and whatever, it's insane. And yeah, I mean, I was a decent enough actor at it in certain contexts cause you can do that for five minutes well, as well. But just speaking as a person who's never really had a bad set before, I just want to say it's important <laughs> that you, th I've had <laughs> three to five. Bad sets. Uh, well, the, the only thing that worries me about that to a degree is you gotta, it really makes me laugh. So you gotta much. stick with the laughs. I think you can't. You can have these other considerations, but like, I see so many comics that are almost delusional, not funny, not getting laughs. Oh yeah. But then they've built these other criteria for. Oh like, yeah. Why it was but I'm good. not talking about that. I'm talking know, about you. Got to figure out how to be present and funny. But I'm saying yeah. I'm always afraid to put anything but the laughs first. Like uh, making a good point, be speaking truth to Pat. Like if it's not funny. If, yeah. if they don't, if I can't make them laugh, like it's mad, like I, I, I'm trying to get more precise too. And I like sometimes when it's all added to personality, you can get laughter, but you can't actually know when it's going to happen. I want my mm -hmm. joke writing to be like, this is the part where they laugh at. Okay. Yeah. Like, this is the part mm -hmm. I've been, that's the thing I've been up to lately. Yeah. Just looking at joke structure, like, uh, like, uh, that's a I mean everybody. That yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, everybody's different. I do think like I, there are jokes that I've done so many times that I definitely can go into autopilot. Yeah. But then I also sometimes still can do them and be very present with them yeah. Yeah, and like absolutely. be very excited about them. And like yeah. especially if the audience is really into it, I'm like, oh, oh yeah. this is great. You know, absolutely. like that's and I don't know. It's all like a toilet bowl of either you're swirling downhill or it's swirling the other way. <laughs> exactly. And it's I'll either all for bowl. you or all, uh, yeah, it's like an uphill toilet bowl if you're doing well. That's what comedy is. Well, let's probably steer the ship back anyway. Yeah, to anyway where we, yeah. So, okay, so how, ha I know it's only been five weeks, but how has your experience in LA been? I mean, what, have you been going up to mics, different mics? Have you done some shows? Yeah, What's I tried to, I'm trying to do a mic every night I'm out there and and then also a show every night. And I mean, there is like a like plethora of, like there's so okay. much comedy to be had out there. And like, I've still only got just, you know, like tip of the iceberg taste for it. Um, and even, you know, there's different neighborhoods and different scenes, but uh, yeah. And I mean, I'm not at the point, like I'm starting, I think like, because you really have to go to shows and just meet people. And yeah. I don't, when I'm, you went out there, what, did you feel like, because you've been doing it a while, if you went to a mic, you kind of. I mean, it's were still. It's, you still the, like. You'd be surprised how much I think, like, as any comic does, once you're established in a scene, how much you actually skate by. Oh, on, I, don't, yeah, I don't doubt on that. On the, like, your. Not, not personality, but just like the. Your reputation. Like the comics know you. They give you. They'll, like, yeah. give you leeway on jokes and sure. they'll, like, trust you. Whereas when you're really new to a scene, like, you are not you're not yeah. getting those breaks and yeah. even your best jokes at a oh, know, yeah. still <laughs> like don't maybe do well and it's I've been watching I've been telling from the reverse like doing a mic like running a mic I see people who are better than they know they are yeah their jokes would work better at shows yeah they just haven't got the break yet yeah there's but break. even like I know I you know I did the mic at the store and I thought I did pretty well but I don't think I got a lot of laughs right. and sure. I don't know who maybe somebody else that had watched that night but I think that 
there's a, especially the first time you're going up someplace, there's a certain sizing up and yeah. measuring you up and sniffing you out. And like, right. But I do think I kind of, I hope, I mean, I hope, I hope I've like laid the groundwork so that the next times I go up, you know, people trust me a little more. They're like willing to take chances with me or, be yeah. silly, or know what yeah. they're getting into. So maybe that's what, it, maybe they like even mentally prepare themselves to know what they're getting into. But yeah. Well, that's kind of why I decided to leave so early too, because yeah. I feel like you either have to build credentials and ability when you go, or you have to do, build those, while, you have to hurry up and go there to yeah. do that or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But you were saying, so yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, it's a, yeah, it's a tricky. I don't know when's the right time to go. I maybe think who I'm, knows. I've gone too soon, but no, I also I, think like, yeah, it's either I go do it. You know, I was listening. Do you have you ever? There's a, a Jamie Flam. He's the what the creative director at the Hollywood Improv has mm. a podcast, and he basically talks with bookers and asks them about like their booking process and oh, how cool. they book people. And it's actually a really good uh, podcast and I, everybody should listen to it, especially if you're like, yeah, what's it know, called? Um, Gatekeeper. Gatekeeper. It's called Gatekeeper. Okay. Cool. And it's, and it's also like Jamie is at, I don't know him and I'm, but he's always at the improv at the Hollywood improv. And you can, um, I mean, he, one of the first things he's like, you know, people, people are like, how do I get in here? He's like, go listen to this podcast where I talk to people about yeah. and stuff <laughs> like that. So it's really like a good thing to like listen to. And I've even told, like, I've introduced myself to him a couple times. Like, hey, I really like your podcast. This is great. Like, yeah. it's good advice. Anyway, um, I don't know where I was going with that. I don't know. So the shows that you podcast, have though. been uh, booked on in in LA uh, are those because of people that you knew before, or because of going to mics or other shows? And then how does that? Been yeah, going? I mean, there's a little bit of both. I I think I'm starting. So I'm kind of there's like, you know, I'm really starting to make friends and meet people, and like there's some. And I I did have a few people I knew from when I'd been out there over the summer, and uh, I'd done Bridgetown, so I met quite a few people on mm-hmm. Bridgetown and. Um, which, by the way, y'all should apply. I think it's open season right now. I think it's anyway. open right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's on my agenda. It's uh, January 1st to the end of January or something. Okay, thank you for 15th. telling me that. Yeah, yeah. y'all should apply. Um, and uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, so I'm, I had, like, I did know some people, but was definitely going out there without a huge yeah. network. Of, sure, yeah. But there is, I mean, and I don't know that, comics listening to this they may poo poo me but they i do think that they're a poo poo i think that they it wasn't you saying that it's that you could not comment on having said poo poo <laughs> i poo poo this podcast anyway that's, i love comedy all right um uh i do think i mean like you really I was thinking about this on the drive over here. Like you have to think about your network and you have to think about it's not, I mean, you can be a networker and still love and really like the people you're networking yeah. with, mm-hmm. but like every connection is another like, well, what does that mean to you? Cause I think that there's some confusion about that term itself. So what, when mm-hmm. you think of networking, like what do you, I mean, like I, I am a very inclusive person. So I like, and I, I like knowing a lot of people and I like, and I, I don't I actually think I've gotten to be more of a curmudgeon as I get older but um, yeah I mean like one of the reasons I was really excited to go to LA is because I do like 
when you're in like these creative communities and you like the stuff other people are doing and Mm -hmm. you like the shows that they're putting on and you're going to them, like you want to meet them and you want to know them and you want to be friends with them. And like, and even like the producers that work really hard on some of these shows in LA that like, don't get, you know, like they're doing really cool stuff too. And so I guess that's to me what I think, are you, you know, manage like, you know, managers are kind of interesting people too. Mm -hmm. Like they, you know, they do like, so, you know, like just going out there and I am, such an advocate for like just say hello to people <laughs> like just say hello it'll it maybe will take them 10 times of seeing your face before you feel like you have a rapport with that person but mm-hmm. just like yeah. you know always say hello and be friendly and like that goes a long way because there's long... so many awkward comics out there that yeah. don't do that and they're you like why am up. i not getting stuff and i'm like well you know even if you're a talented comic that's writing really good material like if you don't have these like like social like if you don't have these relationships with people, then you're, it, it's going to set you back. And you're, yeah. a lot of it, I think is just, you know, what's that expression? Like life is 90% showing up or something like that. Like a lot of it, yeah. like, cause I mean, we've all booked shows. A lot of that's also, yeah, who who comes to my mind that's good right. or anybody that I thought of I'm sure there's 10 people I could have thought of but I thought of the ones that I saw right. recently or talked to even recently. if you have a spreadsheet people are going to get bumped up that list if yeah, you see absolutely. them right. and if you like them yeah and um and also like you know comedy as awful as it is to say is not a merit-based field <laughs> like no no well best, it's partially partially merit-based, merit-based but there's a huge it's amount not, that is merit if you are the best comic in the world that doesn't necessarily mean you are going to be the most successful right. comic in the world and there's people yeah. that know how to hustle and like right. really like you know market themselves well and do well that you know can rise faster than probably people that are better comics yeah. than they are I mean they just know how to again I put people on the show that I like I right. will put unfunny people on that I like but yeah. given the choice between a person I like that's funny and a person that I don't like that's a little right, bit funnier right. of course I'm gonna go with the first person yeah yeah no I mean especially because I think a shit ton of industry people aren't in the like they don't care if it's meritocratic they right. they're not right. upholding this like crystal palace of talent like the best shall rise right. right they're just trying to put on shows and make money and the other side of that though too is that like I mean managers and agents and bookers they are actually always looking for people that are talented sure. they yeah. are always looking for like the next not not and I don't mean that negatively but they're always looking for new people and new fo- new voices yeah. And new, yeah. you know new faces new voices <laughs> new both like a, a yeah. face voice that right. comes and I, so that's like the other part of networking right like why would you be afraid of these people when they're really you know trying to essentially do the same thing you are I was talking to an actor and he was saying people are afraid to audition and they have this thing where they're like oh they're gonna hate me it's like no if when you walk into audition they want you to be the guy right, right. they want right. to go to lunch yeah. They want it to be you. And it's just like with stand up. Like we yeah. at first you're like, oh, they hate yeah. me. It's like, no, they want to laugh. Yeah. yeah they yeah. want, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, so far in LA, you've been uh, doing mics and shows and selling your body for money and <laughs> meet, meeting people. <laughs> it sounds like it's it's difficult, but you're you're doing it and whatever. Um, do you, would you say that you have some, some goals, shall we say, maybe kind of six month to a year long goals that you have in mind? Yeah, I mean, I I guess it's good to say them because that makes them more real. Mm-hmm. But, and I don't know that these are realistic goals. So again, caveat, sure. I don't know what I'm doing. I, <laughs> you got to be moving towards something. Yeah. Uh, I would like to get to a point where I, 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 I mean, I don't know if the only that like, uh, 
mechanism for this is a manager, but I, I, I want to start submitting for shows and I think I need a manager to like, let mm-hmm. me know where there's like packets that sure. I can submit to. Um, I'm, you know, I'm trying to get more college work and so I'm working with a college agent. And so that's a big goal for me to get on a college showcase. One of the NACA showcases mm-hmm. probably in next fall. Um, I don't think I'm ever going to get on something like that. It'd well, be surprised. You're a year and a half yourself. in. No, no, no. I didn't mean that. <laughs> That's okay. yeah, yeah. You were reading that all wrong. No, I meant like uh, I don't think that what I'm doing is ever gonna. No, but I mean, <laughs> I, but that's what I meant by year, year and a half yeah. in is like, yeah, but you're comedy will probably continue to take more directions or, or expand to the point where it doesn't have to be your favorite thing that you do, yeah. but there's a lot of money to be made. I would love. I'd love to. I just feel like my angle is usually trying to be somewhat. Not as offensive, but like, yeah. like the shit that I get away f- with at the fraternity house at Southwestern. If I did yeah. those jokes with the right. same people, uh, maybe a hundred meters uh, to the next building, right. like no one would laugh. Yeah. Right. But you'd be surprised. Like I, I have lately really like grown to appreciate the challenge of writing clean, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. interesting material. Like sure. it's really, it's difficult. Right. You know? It is. I, and you're right. I, I definitely want to try it more. Some, some of my stuff works clean, but then some of it, like yeah. it's more that it's just kind of, I do, and also like, I don't know that I'm going to get any college jobs or a college <laughs> right. showcase. So, uh, I do talk about being gay a lot and there's a lot of conservative religious colleges that don't That's true. want me to be. Most of them want you to be gay though. Oh, yeah, most they of do the colleges. Like cruise ship. Yeah, cruise, yeah. Uh, gay oh. cruise. I have friends that do great gay cruises. There's kind of like a, there's a market and I think it's, you know, it's pretty saturated right now. Isn't that funny though? Yeah, but. I know that? like two gay cruise ship comics. Daniel Webb, wants to, he's, I think, obsessed with the idea of being a gay cruise I ship I think it's comic. so funny. He'd be that perfect. If, if somebody was like, hey, do you want to do a cruise ship? You'd be like, oh, that sounds fucking awful. You want to do a gay cruise? Yes, I do. <laughs> I yes, know. I do. I mean, I don't gay know. audiences are so. Imagine I, like all gay men. I think a lesbian cruise ship would be lesbian cruise ship, maybe because like there's two different kinds of lesbians, and I think that I would not want to talk to the younger lesbians right now. <laughs> but the middle aged lesbians are there to have a good time, yeah. and I would like I believe, to but, do that. But honestly, well, yeah, and maybe this fits into the lesbian thing. I was gonna say. Uh, Jared wants to do a lesbian cruise. I, I, I absolutely want to do any cruise. Uh, yeah, yeah no. <laughs> I would totally. Ladies, no, they would think I'm I was. You could be a trans. I'd just be the premier lesbian F-M. trans guy. Yeah. I, here's the thing. Uh, I think gay men would be a great audience. I think because soldiers are great. Just anything yeah. where there's a lot of testosterone. Oh, you should do that. You should do the a uh, lot, like, uh, and that's why the lesbians would do, do the tr- <laughs> performing for the troop shows. I would love to. Wouldn't that be great? Love, yeah, absolutely. I wonder if they USO shows. Yeah, I wonder. You could probably. Yeah, I mean, maybe not now, but in five or six years, book a like big sassy gay comic like me for hey, no, you'd be be surprised. (laughs) The the people that end up with that stuff, like, yeah, because they they still because they they miss women so much. (laughs) I like, I want to get that big bearded woman, (laughs) that big sensitive woman man up there, at least according to the porns that I read. (laughs) Like, Kathleen Madigan did it, she was huge. It's not, yeah, I think that they're neighbor gets. He does a lot of those, doesn't yeah. he? He's great. Oh, wait, wait. So let's get back. I'm the only one keeping us on track on this show. Know, ever. This is fun. But I, your I, questions are good. So I, yeah. I, I, do. I, I have two questions. Okay, yeah, that's, good, excellent. Um, so one, as I like to put it more just in like the developing your art yeah. kind of stuff, uh, what's, a th- what's advice that you could give to comics in the first year, few months, whatever, what do you see too much at open mics you'd like to not see so much? What do you think they could be doing? That kind of stuff. 
Um, I mean, and this is something like I still love doing. So <laughs> I, and I think, and that's I'm one of the reasons I was excited to go to LA. Uh, just put your head down, block everything out, block your own insecurities out, and just write fun exciting stuff that makes you laugh yeah like just block and it and it's you're maybe not gonna get booked on shows right away i mean say hi to people i said that and don't like if but just like try to do good comedy over trying to like impress people or impress people or you know getting caught up in the social i mean I, but then I, am i am i like counter whatever right. like myself from earlier where i'm like you have to like have the social presence too and it's but so the first six but, months probably less so and i was yeah. gonna even say you know yeah. i feel like now that advice that you gave now i'm just getting to the point where i can take it yeah whereas three months into comedy or something like that i should have been like just learn how to be on stage learn right. how to be funny there before is you, something you know. about the like young comics that like and i and everybody should you know like believe in themselves but there's something about like if you're new be humble yeah and write and but be cool sure be yeah. cool and be humble and just write and like watch and appreciate some of the comedy yeah. you're seeing i i have found it kind of weird the few comics and maybe this happens all the time i haven't been around that much but like who are like a month in who have already asked me to book them on shows yeah. and, and I've, I know they, some of them have reputations of doing that <laughs> and it is a weird thing because it's like don't you think it's it's a little harder it is weird because you have to figure out the right time to ask but you still have to ask yeah or you should ask. I mean like I, I think you should always want more than you're being given but yeah you also still to, I don't my, know my idea about that stuff is like you put yourself in a position to be asked by being good, being around, and being in conversation, yeah. so right. you don't actually have to say the words like "Can I do your show?" Yeah, but that you're I, there. When yeah, you're I don't. With, I, I, sometimes I think about that. Like, should I be asking to be on more shows than I am? But I, I mean, so in LA, it's like a par for the course. Like everybody, right. asks. That's what I've heard. you're always yeah. asking. Everybody's you know has producers that like go through, and like I'm you know I get told no a lot, yeah. but. I mean, I'm also a comic that's been doing it six years and what I have a couple little credits. So right. like, I'm not nobody, like I think yeah. it's okay for me to ask. Right. But then at the same time, you know, I'm not asking the Hollywood improv right. to like put me on the main <laughs> stage. And you're yeah. also talking about I, you're new in town and you're saying, yeah. hey, I'm new in town. Here are some credits. Yeah. I'd love to do your show. I mean, that's a different thing than like, you know, just talking about in Austin or in a city where everybody knows each other, and then yeah. when you're asking, it's like, and then going to that person's show that you're asking, yeah, to, go to the and show. like going and watching the show and like right. appreciating that show, and like. But I got, I got to tell you, show. it's it's like so much of it has to do with if you're good, these are the rules that apply to you, mm-hmm. and if you're not, these aren't. There's a lot of times because you hear that advice, like, go to people's shows. There's a bunch of people that have gone, I'm sure, to mm-hmm. any of your shows, my shows, or whatever, that I'm not putting them on because they're not good. And my advice to them, if it would be, stop going. I mean, go to shows, that's fine, but yeah. also get better at this. Focus that, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. You just get the feeling that they're like hoping, like, if I just like show up my right. way into right. this, I'll get right. on a show. And well, yeah. and then it's like, I mean, there's the people out there that really only do do this what to be famous and then there's yeah. the people that do it because we're artists and we love I, I mean I just it. love ideas like I the, right. I love sitting down and writing in my weird sloppy yeah. notebook that I have all these silly dick jokes in mm-hmm. and like and honestly that's like my favorite part you're of comedy you're pretty close I think this is telling you're pretty close to what you're like on stage well that's you're, <laughs> absolutely, no absolutely I mean you have these like things that have 
the, a conceit to it where like with your fife thing you're not yeah. usually pretending yeah, to fuck yeah. a lady with he a fife well he plays the fife in conversation with me all the time. <laughs> are you not it doing that true. with everyone you're, you're his muse oh, he's, he's just gonna anytime I have it it is yeah. gonna be out Mario has yelled at me at the phone. I was like stop playing that fuck <laughs> alright but I feel like if there wasn't a stage if there wasn't stand up comedy you would be doing what you're doing I hope so I hope I'm people. kind of yeah. a silly person mm-hmm. I, I do silly silly yeah. silly comedy Silly goose comedy. Yeah. I do too, really. And, I, and one last follow-up question. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and this is kind of similar. What's the thing about the Austin scene, as great as it is, that you would change if you could? You had a magic wand, just or would you not? Wait, and then I have had. one question after that. If I could change one thing about the Austin scene, yeah. uh, what do you wish we had more? What do you wish we had less? What would okay, be the I thing? would. I one hundred percent. There is a right answer. The answer the that I would say. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I have your right answer. No, Jared has a right answer. I don't have. Uh, I, know, I know. I know. Well, I think, and even just being in LA, so this is maybe more of an LA thing that the LA scene needs. But I think that she's in, already talking about LA. And I know. Just, <laughs> I'm living my beloved. I don't know if you saw my beach body. Anyway, let me just. Pull off this one piece All right. I, um, I think that we don't have I think there's a certain geographic isolation that happens in Austin and mm-hmm. the city is overflowing with talent and mm. comics that even in the little bit of time I've been in LA that I would put up against the comics I see in LA in heart in, in a heartbeat yeah. that are so talented but for some reason I don't know, and I mean, this isn't true, and I think it's changing. Martha Kelly and Chris Cubis and Maggie May and LaShonda are doing really cool, like, national stuff. I don't know that we have this, like, pipeline to success. Right. Like, and and not even, like, artistic success, but commercial success that kind of makes artistic success possible. Sure. I don't think that we have that, and... And I think it's changing. I mean, and maybe that's not true, but and it's probably better than some cities. But I just see places like Portland and Denver in L.A. that really have kind of this strong hierarchy of comics that have come before them that have mm-hmm. like helped open doors for the people that are yeah. coming after them. And even in LA, it seems like, you know, Austin is definitely a place that people look at as a creative hub. And I, I wonder why we don't have more of like, like an Austin crowd in LA. You know, like, yeah. like, and I think that's actually going to start changing because a lot of people yeah. are moving out there. Yeah, I think a lot of it is just that Austin's scene has been developing so much in the past decade mm-hmm. and that it's just getting more and more so so there just hasn't been the time right right and and we're not as close as denver right. and portland are right. and so right, right. and, and so it's it's not as obvious of a thing that because yeah. all boston people go to new york and yeah. all you know right. Denver right, right. people that go to LA. And so like dc so i've always mm-hmm. said this you know i started comedy in dc and they have so many so many great comics have come through DC, but it is, you know, three hours south of New York and DC has very intelligent audiences. So yeah. they can, you can really grow as a comic and then have easy access to New York yeah. living there. Whereas right. Austin, you know, has really great, intelligent, wonderful audiences, but there's like not a direct pipeline for us to New York or LA. Right. Yeah. And I kind of like, I'm hoping actually being in LA, that's one thing that I want to change and work on. And like, even just like, I mean, I, hope I, my, I, have dreams of like starting like a monthly happy hour that's not just comics but like the Austin crowd gets together but also trying to get like managers and agents yeah. that like have Austin connections to come and we can really kind of cultivate and like creating a platform for people that do think they're ready to come to LA to like jump off you please know? You're, like, do you that because yeah. 
I will come. Yeah, down. because once I you've done all that work, I yes. Will totally. Well, but it seems. I mean, and it's not. It's. Uh, it's also a little selfish, I guess, because like the more successful my friends are, yeah. kind of in comedy means like no, totally we can all help each other out I'm a lot to be as well. Absolutely true. The dumbest you know? thing people do in these situations is that crabs in a bucket thing, mm-hmm. where they're especially yeah. early on where they think they're competing, right? Yeah. And it's like the competition may exist in some sense, but you, no one. I always said like at FPA, I was amazed at the people that would yeah. like have an overly competitive feeling because it's like no one can play defense, right? Right. It's just you and the Crowd, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know right. what I mean? But yeah, no, we're all we're absolutely each other's network and so we, we can help yeah. each other out. Um, yeah. so please do all that. Uh, we're <laughs> really, sincere about that. To, and I want to uh, start a show when I you know, yeah. like, I mean Austin does I think you're saying the beginning of it, like there's some really great producers on wonderful shows in LA that are from Austin and like that I like I don't I think in the next two years you're gonna we're gonna start seeing a kind of bubbling over of Austin so. talent that are starting it's to exciting to think. I'm definitely gonna take a trip out there. I'm yeah. moving to New York, but I definitely because yeah, yeah, by sure. then that's what's crazy. And you got to go to New York. You got to do all this in New York so that we I know that. Yes, yeah, you do New York and MK will cover LA and I'll go out to both. Um, <laughs> visit you. Uh, wait, so I got to get out of here, but we do like to end. Are, are we ready to end or are y'all going to keep talking with me? Uh, I think because I got to go too. Okay, well then our last question that we like to ask because yeah. we are planning on following up with you uh, in, in a year or something. Well, yeah, we didn't say that. That is kind of the plan. Which I, is I really casually mentioned it, yes. which I think okay. is wonderful and I'd love hear, to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll hear how MK's doing. Uh, in a, a year or so next Christmas or whatever um, but our, the last question we like to ask is what is your favorite joke or a favorite joke that you've written of, the, of my own of yeah. your own yeah I just, developed it mm-hmm. I mean what my favorite or like my best no, no, no kind of whatever it, does anything come to mind doesn't again we're not going to tie you to this is your favorite of all yeah. time but just like a favorite joke that you have and do you remember kind of how you wrote that um, I love I mean, I think, I guess like the number one that comes to mind is my cray 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 joke. <laughs> I love because I love that it's. Can I just kind say I voted for that joke? Did you? I love it. I love it when like sometimes MK will ask me about a joke, being like, I just don't know. And the, the ones that I voted for, then when you do them, I'm so happy. And then if they don't do as well, I'm like, mm, I haven't been well. doing that joke lately, but I love it. And I the and it's the, got a few tags on it. Too. Yeah, it's yeah, got yeah. it's like, but it's evolved over time. Yeah, so yeah. like the initial inception of that joke or conception of that joke rather was um, I did it at I don't know when along the way I'd written it but I have this sloppy notebook but it's like really small lettering and there's like a lot of ideas on a page right and I had just written oh it'd be funny to do like a like I wrote down cray 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 instead of kkk yeah and then I set it aside and then like months later was going through old pages and I just saw cray 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 and was like oh it'd be funny I could do like a gay racist org, like, <laughs> and it could be as simple as like, like I was recently asked to join a gay racist organization. Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> it is called the Cray Cray Cray. Which is a good setup because it yeah. also sounds like it could be kind yeah, of Yeah, it's funny, because, but it's also like kind of offensive. Yeah. It's like d- touching on well, like questionable. It's interesting you picked that bit because I feel like that bit is very emblematic of you and a lot. It's a very microcosmic because you also have... Uh, you also have uh, the wordplay in there. Yeah. You have the gay in there. Yeah. You have that it is a bit like edgy or yeah, it is yeah, a, yeah. yeah it's really good. Yeah. yeah. I like that joke. And then it's just kind of over time, I've it's grown. And then even Ella, I 
I, Ella gave me the tag. I have to give her credit for it. That was like, I was doing it as like, yeah, those guys, they like super into fitness. They have a 5k. And I was like, you should actually do a 3k. <laughs> I was like, Oh, that's so great. Yeah. And so then I changed it to like, they have a running event. It's called the master race. That's a great. 3K. That's great. And it just kind of kept going. It's like <laughs> the thing that won't die, but I love it. I love that joke. Well, I think we're about out of time. Thank you so much for coming and doing the podcast. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so Can't much wait for, for you to come me. back. Yeah. Okay. Thanks so much. Bye everybody. Bye. Oh, wasn't that a good episode? <laughs> yeah. Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, uh, readers. Remember when I decided we should call them readers? Um, I do remember that. I was disappointed then, and I'm disappointed now. What, what so. are we going to call them? I don't know. Uh, it can't be viewers. Listeners it would be classic. We say listeners. Yeah, no, I know, but I think that we're trying to be cute and weird. And uh, okay. Uh, is that not? Blinders. Oh, that's the, not blind. Work. the blind. The blind. Yeah. Hey, oh, yeah. Thanks, technically, thanks for yeah, listening. The blind. The blind. No, um, but you can't refer to them that. Like, is that not blind. politically correct? No, just like you, you can't be like, the. You, you, you the can't blind? call somebody the. Hey, the Ariel. You can't do that. You know, even the king is like, hey, king. It's not the king. Hey, the. You know, it doesn't. Yeah, work. but in this case, I don't know. It's not the vocative. Oh, okay. Article. Okay, fine. Well, it's just because in the the title of the podcast is the blind, so I'm just. No, I get it. Referring to that, but. All right. Thanks for listening, blind heads. <laughs> That's awful. You forgot to plug his shit. We, we're not we done. Finished. We're this not finished. This is our it's charming an, outro. Yeah, that was, there's always um, an awkward break. Okay. We forgot to look up, though. Do you remember what his Twitter handle is? Uh, it's. I feel like he does change <laughs> let's it sometimes. just guess it. No, because I feel like he does change it sometimes to be when he thinks of a new funny thing. Hey, guys, keep listening. Oh, don't, don't stop. Or no, he changes the title thing. It's Susan Saran Rap is his name thing right now, but it is MK Paulson for at, the at, at MK Paulson. Yeah. And follow me at. Jared McCorkle. And follow me at Poop Tampon. Ugh. What? It's better than the old one. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> International.